leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we take a trip to the theater so that we can find our map to the Swordsmith Village. Demon Slayer is in theaters right now. We're going to talk about that much more right after these ads we have no control over. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah! Yeah! Welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoon seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhair Ali. My name's Jay Scotty Sinclair. And I am Andrew Rogers. And as excited as we are to talk about this movie, we have a lot of news to cover, so let's uh, get rolling with that. Sounds good. First up on the docket, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has a new movie being released called Mutant Mayhem. We had the cast announced, plus a trailer that dropped today. Honestly, it's an understatement of the century to say that this is a stacked cast. Like, when I first found out about it, I was kind of in disbelief just to see how many names that like I knew of characters I didn't even know the name of. Like some mm. of these characters are so offshoot even to a Ninja Turtles fan sure. that I'm just like, wow, we really went into the deep depths and then pulled out Paul Rudd. Like that's a it's a bizarre case to have for sure. Yeah. Paul Rudd is just everywhere. <laughs> he is. I mean, Jackie Chan as Splinter seems inspired. Giancarlo <laughs> Esposito as Baxter. Uh, I'm not remembering his last name, but, you know, he always brings the villainous overtones and does such a great job with that. And then uh, Seth Rogen as uh, he's Bebop, right? He's Bebop. He he is Bebop. And like, I couldn't imagine a better casting in that moment. Just I'm waiting for the Seth Rogen laugh to come from (laughs) that character's mouth. Just the it's going to be so, so perfect. And then to have John Cena on the other side is Rocksteady being okay, his partner in question. <laughs> yeah, you get John Cena and Seth Rogen together as Bebop and Rocksteady. Love it. Oh, yeah. We definitely need moments where it's just the two of them. Yeah. And as far as the trailer goes, uh, the big standout for me was the art direction, the art style, the animation style we get here. It seems very much influenced by uh, Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, that kind of style of animation where it's kind of, I think it leans a little bit more into like a stop motion-esque kind of look, but certainly character designs that are completely new to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for me. Um, Seems like it's targeting a younger audience, but uh, I... Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm... uh, I enjoy what I what I've seen so far. I was a little surprised, like 
they are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I was a little surprised when we heard them speak just how young they sounded. Yeah, the actors that they have playing the Ninja Turtles, I'm not actually familiar with any of them because they are pretty much just child actors across the board. Mm -hmm. They have legitimate young teenagers that are going to be playing the Turtles. And I think that's a cool and interesting take because it feels like we've had adults playing the Ninja Turtles for a good amount of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for it. As long as Donatello gets some time to shine and Michelangelo eats pizza, I'm pretty easy to satisfy. <laughs> oh, for Give sure. Give my nerds more screen time. <laughs> he loves tech. He loves Donatello. It's uh, just getting a trend here. There's a, there, yeah. <laughs> I have a type. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So next up on the docket, we had the Crunchyroll Anime Awards over the weekend. And I I think it's safe to say that there was a lot of these that we were just like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, they definitely deserve that. But the one that we were talking about off air that really threw us off was the fact that Aaron Yeager got best character, like best lead character. Um, mm-hmm. Thoughts? <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I don't even want to call him a main character. Oh, my gosh. I'm angry. I'm hitting my microphone. Like, I don't know. He's a villain. He's not a main character at this point. And then who in their right mind is voting for him for the main character is my other. Uh, we we have to talk listeners. This doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you guys had a chance to go through the the awards, like we'd love to hear what threw you off. What were you excited for? Did you think anybody got robbed? Um, everything that Spy Family got, I think, was justified. Jujutsu Kaisen being the best anime film was definitely justified. Um, rumbling from Attack on Titan definitely deserved the love that it got. Definitely. And yes. then we had some um, some praises for Demon Slayer as well. So I don't think that there was too much that really threw me off except for that one. But one show that, Jay Scotty, you've been talking about and praising a lot uh, mm-hmm. actually got best anime of the year. So how did you feel about that? Yeah, very well deserved for Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, I was able to talk about it in the Anna Minutes that we had in previous coverage. And yeah, it's it's a show that I would totally be willing to, if I can get one of you to accompany me, go back and like just cover in its entirety because it's, you know, a single season, self-contained story, but it fires on all cylinders. The voice acting, the music, like, oh, oh my God, the music, the animation, and just the world that this lives in. And the story they tell, the story they tell is absolutely heart-wrenching, but the characters you just get endeared to so, so quickly and so well. So I'm very happy to see it receive this recognition. And it's not one that needs too much like prior game knowledge, right? I don't think you need any prior game knowledge whatsoever. They nice. do a great job keeping it self-contained. Good to know. So yeah, there was a long slate of awards. Um, I care about these more than I've ever cared about the Oscars. So I want to hear <laughs> your guys' thoughts. <laughs> Let us know what you guys think. If we get enough feedback, maybe we'll do a whole episode just talking about these awards and you know what we think of each one. Yeah. But moving on is... Yep. Wait, uh, real quick, I don't want to... I don't want to steamroll over Andrew if he has any any you know takeaways from these these anime awards, but I do have to say I don't want to gloss over Spy Family and its awards because it got best closing sequence, and I just I have been on record about how much yep. I love that whole sequence. The song, comedy by who was it? Uh, uh, Gen Hoshino. 
Gen Hoshino, and then yeah, story storyboard and art direction from uh, Atsushi Nishigori. And I was I was telling Andrew, and I've told you before, Zuhair, but that part of the song where Anya gets swept up, set yeah. on top of the ottoman, and they do their little jig to each other and point to each other, like, oh, it just warms my heart so much. I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. I think so. My my roommate was catching up because I was reading off the awards. He was like, oh, I'm not caught up on that yet. And he was still on the comedy closer. So it's like, I pay a little more attention to that spot of the closer because of how much you love it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when I saw it, I'm just kind of like, oh, I know Jay Scotty's hard to know. just as much as mine is right now. So I always think of you whenever that pops up now. Oh, that makes me oh. love it even more. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because yeah, honestly, like Jay Scotty said, not to steamroll over me, that was the only thing that I was also going to bring up was just that closer deserves the recognition. Like there are very few closers that stick out in my mind specifically, because most of them are a montage or, a you know, difference of the characters. This tells a story and it's just this wholesome little thing that we get to see like them cooking together in the kitchen and Anya getting caught eating the cake I'm just like oh (laughs) Anya's hungry like it's just such a fun thing to see as well as being beautiful and having a great song like the song isn't even the focal point necessarily because there's so much going on I think that's that's where they really take the cake with it so I do love the idea however take the cake cake. Um, glad someone caught that Um, You know, you talk about us talking about these anime awards and we care about it more than the Oscars. I almost want to run the New Year's special like this next year where we just present the awards like like it's an Oscar special instead. And we just get voter feedback from our listeners of like, which one do you think was the best show? And we just present it and I get to rip envelopes on a microphone and really make it (laughs) seem like an award show. Yeah, that would be fun. And the nominees are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ooh. A little food for thought, but that's going to be something that we have to tease because we have plenty of other stuff to jump into. Keep Aaron Yeager's name out your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Slap myself. Deserves the highest ass whooping award. (laughs) Uh, uh, That's a category for sure. But... uh... Well, on the topic of things coming from large categories and large backgrounds, we did have another slate of things announced, and it's the Studio Ghibli Fest for 2023. Um, What they're doing is they are returning all of these Studio Ghibli movies back to theaters for, I believe, either a weekend or a week at a time. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Um, All throughout 2023, you can look up the schedule. I believe it starts uh, here at the end of March. And they're just going to be running uh, different movies at your local theater. So if you want to go and support, I have a lot to say about how great the theater experience is um, as we talk about Demon Slayer here. So just think, keep that in the back of your head when you're like, well, I've already seen these Ghibli movies. How great could they be to see in a theater with your friends, you know, getting that energy back? Just, you know, some food for thought, but it's an awesome thing that they are doing to bring them all back around because they're just beloved movies. I believe the first no, my neighborhood Totoro starts specifically on March twenty fifth. Spirited Away is April twenty third, and then so on and so forth from there. Yes, so I believe it's about once a month that they start doing them from March onward. Was a good like five days each. Uh, it, it actually varies depending on the movie, huh? I'm sure the more popular ones get a little bit of an extended runtime, but yeah, I think my top three just while we're kind of discussing it, my neighborhood Totoro. Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. So I'd definitely like to see those in the theater this year. Uh, Princess Mononoke is next on my list, but I've actually only seen Howl's Moving Castle. And... That's another good one. Honorable mention. Yeah. 
Uh, is it The Wind Rises? Yeah. Uh, Wind yes. Rises. Yeah. And I watched uh, Castle in the Sky this weekend, and that's oh, just right a on. phenomenally beautiful one. If you want some some great laughs and fun. Oh, maybe my first time watching Princess Mononoke can be in theaters. That would be Princess badass. Mononoke is great. So. Ah, yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Do it. Cool. I'm gonna keep it. Good idea. Please. I will do it. <laughs> Yeah. And speaking of things that we're going to do, uh, Attack yeah. on Titan. Yeah, it was weird. I didn't like it either, but I was just kind of continuing. <laughs> <Wow>. on. <laughs> Attack on Titan came out with an hour-long final chapter. Jokes on you. We have plenty to say about that. Uh, special. This past weekend, it did premiere. It was an hour long, and we have a lot of things to say about it, so much so that we are recording another podcast this week specifically on attack on titan so if you want all of our thoughts about that just check out our other episode we are going to be talking attack on titan top to bottom yeah and that's streaming on crunchyroll and hulu correct 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 amundo cool and the last bit of news that i am ridiculously excited for is there was two video game announcements that came out this week one for budokai uh tenkaichi which is a dragon ball z game and one for ultimate ninja storm uh budokai tenkaichi after 15 years is making a ps5 slash whatever the new xbox is called game Mm -hmm. and the trailer for it was so cool it was like the little tube tvs and somebody was just like playing budokai tenkaichi 3 which me and my friends absolutely loved in middle school um arguably like my favorite fighter game ever and as goku was going super saiyan like it just upgraded to the new graphics that's going to be on next gen console it was such a great trailer it had me so hype i was screaming and then ultimate ninja storm has been across maybe five-ish games it started on the ps2 ended on the ps4 they're like we're not making anymore and it turns out what they're doing is they're actually taking the gameplay from the newest game and making one game that has the whole Naruto and Naruto Shippuden story with a little bit of the Boruto stuff in it. Uh, so I am very, very excited for both of those two of my favorite animes ever Two of my Mount Rushmore animes um, are having two precious games. I absolutely love. I am so excited. I have had friends who actually have never seen Naruto, but have played the game. So they understand the story from that. Mm. So you guys want to want to get in on it somehow this might be the way this is the way this is the way video games that is it for (laughs) (laughs) that is it for our news this week if there's anything that you guys want to talk about we would love to hear your thoughts on the crunchyroll anime awards uh all the stuffs animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com uh animation deliberation on instagram and facebook and animation delib one on twitter hit us up but now we're going to talk about the movie Demon the Slayer Swordsmith Village Arc to the Swordsmith Village. Okay, and let's start things off with the synopsis. After recovering from the events of the Entertainment District, Tanjiro and Nezuko make their way to the Swordsmith Village, meeting two Hashira, the Mist Hashira, Uichiro Tokiro, and the Love Hashira, Mitsuri Kanj- Kanroji. Meanwhile, Muzan reevaluates his approach to taking down the Demon Slayer Corps. The stars of Demon Slayer's Season 3's premiere are the demons. Everything is on the table this season as the remaining upper moons are introduced. There is a lot that I was excited about when I saw this. I do want to get my grievance out of the way, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. 
my friend made the joke that somebody had just plugged in their computer and played it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It really felt that way. Uh, the fact that we had the commercial cuts and the credits, like, I was really excited to see Giotaro on screen, uh, Giotaro and Uzui fight on screen. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they put literally zero effort into, like, making a supercut of that fight, like, taking out the extra stuff and adding earlier from the fight was a little frustrating. Um, So that was just the one thing is just kind of like, you guys are bringing in so much money from theaters right now. Like, you couldn't just cut this up a little bit. Uh, did that bother you guys at all? Well... I didn't have the experience of seeing the Mugen Train movie, so I didn't know if they, if they took a similar approach. But based on what I had heard you two talk about, I, I thought that it had been edited into like more of a seamless movie experience. Mm-hmm. So I was a little surprised see, to see the credits like pop up between each one. But uh, it didn't bother me too terribly much. Um, as I recall, when we watched those uh, episodes, they... Like especially um, the one where Kitaro's uh, body like exploded and you just had the credits like rolling over like the mm-hmm. aftermath of like this um, city in ruins. I was like, okay, I kind of kind of see why they want to keep the credits in there because that was so well done. So yeah, um, that was kind of my take on it. I was a little surprised that it wasn't as cinematic as I was expecting, but they did have that um, that sequence like that musical sequence at the beginning that basically recapped the entire story up until that, that was point. well done. Yeah. Yeah, that was super well done. And I totally agree. It was my one grievance because it did feel we joked after the fact the intern was the one responsible for the editing. Like someone (laughs) just threw it together and was like, "Okay, here you go, because it was just okay. I went to the theater to watch an anime and a couple episodes, not go watch a movie. And a big thing that I got out of it as well was a lot of people, our listeners not, but a lot of people in my theater um, didn't know what they were getting into. Mm. And they were all very confused and very like, why are we watching the opening sequence? Why are we watching things that I've already seen? Like they didn't know what this was going to be. So then to also just have it feel like this weird bridge and okay, yep, we're going to watch the credits three times for three separate episodes. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it could have used just a little polish because i wouldn't have minded if they like you said the credits were important jay scotty for the big explosion but then to have the next episode start with the things with the slight recap of the things that we had seen i can understand a lot of people's things i kind of expected this going in because of the way that articles were talking about it but i will say i can spin this into a positive and i'm going to use it to start talking about the theater experience I loved having like I hated that we had to watch credits, but it was super duper cool to just have the credits and everyone in this theater is just bubbling with energy and suddenly talking and being like, oh, my God, this was great. What are you thinking about that? Making jokes, having a like there was this big community feeling when those credits. Yeah. Hit. I don't know if you guys had that same theater experience, but being there on opening night to have people laugh and joke together and like be you know joking around with people i've never met before was a super yeah. cool community experience that it was like you get a little intermission in there that you don't get when you watch a three hour long movie otherwise to stop and joke and talk so yeah. i did think it was cool despite not actively liking why they did it we were we were a little annoyed watching uh the Giotaro backstory because i was like this isn't what i care to watch on a on the theater screen like i would have rather had like as soon as Uzui dropped in, right? Um, but at that point, 
everybody just kind of left for bathroom breaks and to refill their snacks. And we were just chilling and hanging out and <laughs> joking about everything. So, so but yeah, I guess it was nice to be like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Let me just go to the bathroom real quick. Um, But yeah, that's uh, for, but Scoots, you were saying for Mugen Train, that was a movie that they cut up into anime episodes. Right. Which was kind of going to be my next point. I think like thinking about the release schedule, it seemed like that movie was Mugen Train was more like prepared for it was like, okay, let's release this movie and mm-hmm. then have this time before the new season comes out. And like this in retrospect kind of felt like the new season's coming out, but let's just, it's not going to be out for a month. So let's just give this to the diehard fans, yeah. something that they can just kind of like, you know, sati- satiate their appetite for just a little bit. And that's what I felt like with my theater experience. Um, I went at a three forty-five PM showing. So I feel like, uh, the theater wasn't super full, but the people that were there were like diehards, like the person sitting in front of me, like I want this cardigan so bad, but it was the, the Giyu, um, cardigan with like his pattern and the one side mm-hmm. red and the other side with the golden green squares. And I was like, Oh, that's so badass! I want that. <laughs> I can send you the link. Mine's on order. Okay. nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a company that does them arguably custom. It's like a three month lead time when you order it. So okay. I'll let you know. Right yeah. on. My my yeah. theater was seven o'clock and people were actually booking the the handicap seats because there wasn't a seat open. Wow. Mm-hmm. There were four people or five people at the end of my row. One was cosplay Uzui, one was Rengoku, one was Daki, one was Giataro, and one was uh, Lady Shinobi. They were full cosplay ready to go in the theater. So when you want to talk about diehard fans, it was properly diehard fans and like cheering at things that we all kind of knew actually did know were going to happen and being like, yeah, let's get them. It was just it was this amazing experience. And then to also like look around while people are also crying at the anime. It's like, okay, I don't feel alone despite Mm. it was a weird feeling because I don't usually watch anime with a hundred of my closest friends. So it's like, this is a personal (laughs) thing that I'm suddenly like displaying almost. There was a Mm. little bit of dissonance with that. So that'll segue into us just talking about the movie. What was a very exciting and shocking scene for me is that I had never seen the upper moons before, except for, Akazan Doma. So mm-hmm. when they showed number one, like I was in shock for a second, but oh, the yeah. manga fans behind me, because they knew what was coming, would not shut up. I could not tell you how close I was to just tur- getting up, turning around, being like, shut the fuck up. I was mm. getting very frustrated in that moment. But oh my God, was that opening sequence everything I wanted? There was a point where I was like, in all the time that you've put this camera angle through this castle, you probably could have edited the Guillotoro fight a little better. Mm. <laughs> but, but overall, everything about them being in the room and just how menacing... Um, crap, what's the leader's name? Muzan. Um, Muzan. Yes, just how menacing that he is and how menacing um, the number one looks. Oh, oh. I loved everything. That was everything that I wanted. It was so close to season four of My Hero Academia, where the villains met uh, Chisaki's group for the first time and just broke out into a fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I loved that that level of emphasis on the villains. Oh, it, it was such a phenomenal thing. And I have just you talk about that castle scene. I have a soapbox to stand on. So, Jay Scotty, do you want to say anything before I pop <laughs> off? Oh, 
Sure. I, I do feel like that sequence was kind of like, this is why we're in the theater because like the traditional animation being combined with the computer animation, just that sense of motion and like really feeling like we're in this like plane this is, that does not exist within our reality. I was really sold on how well that was done. But then, yeah, the character designs, like I was just loving it. Like the upper, upper five, uh, Gyoko, I believe his name was, but the fact that he's like coming out of this pot and he has <laughs> mouths for <laughs> eyes and eyes for mouths. I was like, yes, I love this imagination. I love this character design. And just to see how different they all are. They all have different approaches to how they interact with Muzan. you got the ass kissers, the ones that are completely terrified. Uh, Doma, that's uh, like a, I get, he's not a total ass kisser, but he's like a sweet talker and like his interactions with Akaza and like how much they clearly detest each other. But then, yeah, the number one and just how I love the reveal there because just like looking over his shoulder, I was like, okay, I'm really wondering what's going on with this guy because his character design, like, I'll just say it. There were moments where I was like, is this Tanjiro's dad? Because mm-hmm. he looks so much like him but then when he turns around he has a face full of eyes <laughs> like oh, oh my god oh that made me so uncomfortable <laughs> mm-hmm. in the best design way possible but oh did i yeah. cringe i was like yeah uh, no well, no make it stop go away you, that's the thing is you say that but we've never seen tanjiro's for lack of a better word dad we're going to talk about that too mm-hmm. um we've never seen his dad's face so it was just like oh Let's continue this trend of showing this character from the back with the big poofy hair and everything else. Like it's always whenever we had the fire dance, the face was covered. There were all these moments where we had seen his hair and the earrings, but we had never really seen his face for long periods of time prior to this. Okay, I was going to say, have we not seen his face? Because I'm thinking of like that one. I can't remember exactly what went down, but Tanjiro was fighting and it was like he imagined his father there with him kind of like instructing him on like what to do with this flame or sun breathing i feel like it's always been shrouded but i I could be wrong the main thing i'm remembering is that he had a very similar uh gi to tanjiro except for his was orange so that was the main thing that was making me think like okay this is not his dad because it looks very much like him but he doesn't have the same like outer jacket it's not that like burnt orange pattern okay but i mean i found a picture of his dad Oh, okay. Is it in the anime or is it in the manga? Yes. <laughs> like, well, there's a picture of like him, and then there's like the manga sequence in the background. Yeah. Well, I I I guess we'll talk about this now. But we got the tease that his dad is not his dad as well. Possibly. Like, did you take that to be a flashback, or did you take that to be a parallel world sequence kind of thing because his man holding the baby looked just like Tanjiro just older yeah I was straight confusion for me I was like is this Tanjiro's grandfather is this Tanjiro in an alternate reality is this Tanjiro's like offspring in the future like what I I don't know that was what threw me for the loop the most well I I thought it was I thought it was one of those like things that they do with actors where it's like there's a flashback of the father and the father is like the same actor as the son type of thing, like during the flashback. So I thought it was one of those things where it's like his dad looked exactly like Tanjiro and he was holding Tanjiro. But then there was who the hell is this other guy that we think is like, I don't know if we've ever, 
and this was actually credit to Monica for pointing this out. I don't know if we've ever actually gotten confirmation of the words, that was my dad. It was more of, I believe he's always said, this is the dance that my ancestors have done. And this Mm. is where the fire comes from. Again, I could be grasping at the wrong straws. Like just because our father did this, just because he died at an early age, doesn't mean that like that wasn't his fault. And we're here because of this and that, like I'm, I'm sure like my father has been used. I mean, it it may have been, but it's very, it does beg the question because I, I'm sure we're going to get this explanation drawn out. And I don't like that his name is the same name as Tanjiro, but with one letter difference. Well, I'm, that's what's making me think, well, that this is a hundred percent a flashback of some kind because the man that looked like Tanjiro said, can I please give him your name? And I'm wondering if that's, his way of honoring the previous fire breather or sun breather oh, rather okay. by giving him the name Tanjiro instead of um, what's the sun breather's name Zuhair you said it's changed by a letter Tanjiro Tanjiro so giving Tanjiro his name instead of Tanjiro and I wonder if that's where that came from and then possibly something happens and he adopts them but it's how does he end up inheriting the powers if he's not actually his son? And then, oh yeah, by the way, we have the tease of the earrings at the end of the episode. So the mm-hmm. demon is, cause I was like, oh, maybe the sun breather turns into the demon and now he's mm-hmm. going to have to fight his parental figure as a demon, but mm-hmm. he's existing in the real world. So what's happening? Apparently the first time his face was revealed was in episode 19 of the anime which was when he was fighting the spider dudes. Okay. So that was a long time ago. That was that was the first time he like intentionally used the Hinokami. Hinokami yeah, okay. I thought so. Yeah. yeah, that it was confusing but I'm very intrigued by the story. Like I'm not upset that they confused us. I'm very like Yeah, it, what's it happening? felt like the intent was for us to be confused, especially when he woke up mm-hmm. and he was like I don't even know what I dreamed just now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And while you're looking at pictures, Zuhair, does the mom look exactly like Nezuko? Because the woman laying on the blanket that had just given birth looked exactly like Nezuko. And that was the first tip of like, okay, this isn't a future thing because Tanjiro and Nezuko are not going to have a baby. Uh, uh, I'm just tend to drift that way sometimes. It was just Um, a weird amount of questions that was triggered, like in such a flash scene. I remembered more what tanjiro's mom looked like than i did his dad at that point so when i saw her lying there with like the long black hair and like the white kimono and went i was like okay yeah that could totally be their mom yeah and and the gentleman i i I don't even remember his name but it was not you know like anything like tanjiro but the one that looked like tanjiro that said yeah can we give this baby like your name um he didn't have the birthmark or the scar that tanjiro has and i'm trying to remember has that scar that tanjiro has has that been explained because now i feel like i'm getting like confused with the shoto todoroki like i'm a remembering yes. some kind of accent so, and i feel like they're very similar somebody, but somebody had I, I can't remember who the, the, which the character dialogue it was because i just rewatched all of this um but it was somebody had said that it like those scars like run in the family but then there that's was like I a thought. flashback of like how hot water landed on tanjiro and that's why he has his scar mm-hmm. so he wasn't born with his his was actually from an accident but then when he was decapitating Giatoro, like he actually got like 
a bigger that's scar. Breathing scar. It changed, his, right? His, okay. Super Slayer scar. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and it like kind of changes throughout the training arc as well at the beginning, which begs more questions of why it looks differently at different points too. So many questions, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and good like good questions, happy questions for sure. Yeah. No. All right. There's well, I'm gonna. Intrigue. I'm going to take this time as it feels like we've winded down that conversation. I want to circle back to all the things that I had to say about the beginning of this episode. Yeah, by all means. You hadn't gotten there yet? No, I hadn't. That was a, that was a tangent. <laughs> we love tangents. Uh, the soapbox? A tangerine? Uh, that doesn't work. That doesn't Tan- work. Tangerine. Yeah, I get tangerine. it. I see what you're going with there. Tanpachiro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the number one thing, the thing that made me say, yes, take my money is the sound design. A hundred percent around the board. The sound design in the theater was so freaking amazing. Like even starting all the way back during the entertainment district, when Tanjiro's fingers were broken by Giotaro, I cringed in my seat because it was such a visceral sound to hear that across there. And like, I didn't care. I knew it was coming and it's still like, Oh, just got into my body. But then the opening in that castle. Oh my God. Akaza's theme for the first time since, uh, Mugen train coming back the electric guitar just absolutely shredding its way through as they surge through that castle but then the bongo and the um uh guitar gi whatever I can't remember what it's called sitar? it's not a sitar in Japan they're they're, similar, they're uh biwa biwa is uh the word that I'm looking for um that circling around our heads like i don't know if your guys theater was hooked up as well as mine was but it was literally like it felt like it was moving and you didn't know where it was coming from as like he's you know spun into the air even higher and jumped down the caverns i was just absolutely mesmerized and blown away by the music and the sound design not only the animation like you guys did that part justice that is on my notes to talk about all these things but you guys already said it so i was just like mm-hmm. i couldn't believe how good it was and it's one of those things that reminded me these people put in so much work and yeah we still saw these episodes on our tv you know however however many years ago but if you don't have a good sound system you are not getting the full extent of the story that they want to tell and i loved being able to get it through that lens with every ounce of craftsmanship that they wanted to put into it yeah. And we've given MAPPA so much name service. I just want to be on the record of saying like Ufotable is doing the Lord's yeah. work. So, yeah. Yeah. Honestly. I'm trying to get better at remembering the studio name. So I always have to remember like Unfoldable and try to get Ufotable out of that. Yeah. Is it UFO? I, is it UFO, UFO Table or Ufotable? Like Ufotable. <laughs> yeah. U, UFO Table make, helps me a little more. I'm going to start doing that. Ufotable. You wanted your validation. It was a BWA. He, she, Thank they, Ufotable. yeah Uh, no it was just it was so amazing for them to do it and just to get the uh, just get the feelings out of everything i had to give them the credit where it was due because i don't think that this is going to do anywhere near as well as mugen train and Mm. i'm i'm okay with that but like it did already bring in 10 million dollars this weekend which is no small feat yeah no yeah, I, I mean, the, the people who went to go see this movie definitely just didn't want to wait a month for it to come out <laughs> on streaming. Yeah. <laughs> see, uh, yeah. it's it sucks because I agree. I didn't want to wait a month. But you know what's going to be worse? In a month, 
when everyone else is like demon slayer it's back premiere and we're like oh, we've already seen this though give me give me the next thing yeah, that's not as worse <laughs> that's not as bad as mugen train where that got cut up into like six or seven episodes that's true so we have to wait seven weeks to get new content mm. after waiting like what six months for the movie to finish its theater release so yeah, at least we- this is like okay i'm just gonna watch it again uh on on the premiere weekend at home with my lights and everything and then we'll be back in action for weekly watching that's true and it this is going to bring me to my one other gripe that i had and that is i don't think you understand how only gripe works my one other gripe i said my one <laughs> other gripe nothing there's two um not much happened in this premiere, and I knew that was probably going to be the case, but, like, to people who wanted to show up and get an action-packed thing and be excited to go, like, it wasn't that. It was an opening episode of an anime setting up a new arc, because, like, what happened in three words, or in three sentences? There was a demon meeting, Tanjiro woke up from a coma, he went to the swordsmith village. That was the entirety of what happened in that episode just summed up in three easy parts like it, it wasn't over the top i really want to know what you're laughing at though and no scale on the ceiling oh. <laughs> oh so i'm just hallucinating a nosuke above me on the ceiling freaks yeah. Out. yeah oh my god everything about him coming out of the coma was probably my favorite part of the movie it was so wholesome just that energy that connection hearing zenitsu just crying up in the mountains just the interaction with people that we don't even get to see on a regular basis. Like I was about the, to say, the, the background world building and the relationship <laughs> growth that they've done in such a short amount of time. Like I can't tell you any of those people's names that only pop up on the recovery scenes, but I just love every bit of their exposure. Uh, yeah, I, I love that little side story about the support <laughs> guy that went, he was the one that found them that first time and then came back and found them in the entertainment district arc. And he's prepared this food. And as soon as he gets there, Tanjiro's awake. He's like, I don't, I'm pulling, rank doesn't matter right now. You should have like informed someone that he's awake. It's like, why is this food on the, on the bedspread? (laughs) Uh, Poor guy, (laughs) poor guy. But Andrew, I I hear what you're saying that not much happened, but I think that's kind of what I love about Demon Slayer is it takes us to like these extreme heights with anxiety where we're on the edge of our seat, worrying about the fate of these characters. And then it gives us a reprieve. We get this like, We've said it in other animes, but we get to take this breath. And like I, I think that's what this show does so well. The action and the tension is done so well, but there are a few shows that do such a good job of balancing tone, like being able to have those moments, but then have me absolutely laughing out loud. Like I laughed out loud so many times in this first episode of the, of the, oh, yeah. the Sword Village arc. Like yeah, it's it's just the the derpy, goofy faces that you see Nezuko's little eyes when she's just like you know looking so cute, mm-hmm. and oh. when uh, the love Hashira was running down the steps from the hot baths, and Tanjiro's like, "Please, please, your boobs are about to start spilling out!" Like I lost it. Like that was just well, uh, hilarious. Okay, so I talked about good sound design. Uh, we need to talk about problematic sound design because boobs <laughs> don't sound like that. Um, the noises that were being made as she was bouncing down the stairs were just off the wall anime, like 
fresh from what people were dreaming about when they thought we were going <laughs> to animate these scenes. I was just the people are another great thing of this theater experience is getting to be around people that don't often uh, talk about these things in public. The things that were being said in the theater were almost as funny as what was happening <laughs> on the screen. Oh my God. <laughs> I do have to add that like Nezuko swimming in the hot tub and just how close she was to the love hot show was just so adorable. She just kept like, no. <laughs> You're really going to say Nezuko swimming in the hot tub, but not Tanjiro's line of, I thought we were going to bond in our nakedness. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, It it was was such an interesting way to introduce the fact that the edgiest character we've seen is going to be in this arc. Yeah, and he's the younger, edgier one. Oh, yeah, apparently there's siblings. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued with, like, where that storyline is going to go and kind of breaking down that relationship a little bit more. Yeah. it just gives you a whole new perspective on Hagen Azuka as well. Like he seemed like such this like bizarre character with his weird mask and to find that everyone in this village wears that mask mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. he was given a, his name is actually really cute in that culture. And he's like, he hates his namesake. And I actually found myself kind of feeling for him because every time Tanjiro breaks his sword or chips his sword or whatever, that's a reflection on Hagen Azuka. And he gets, it seems like he gets the shit beat out of him. So <laughs> they're like hunting him down so that they can administer punishment. And that's why he's like, <laughs> he's known for going on these tantrums and just disappearing too. Yeah. yeah. But it is that weird perspective change because this whole time I thought Tanjiro was screwing up and Hagen Azuka had a right to be mad at him. So mm-hmm. for like the mayor of the town to be like, oh, yeah, no, Hagen Azuka makes terrible swords, dude. That's not <laughs> that's not on you. Like, don't worry, we'll take care of this. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Hagen Azuka not like the only one in this village that's a big bad sword maker. Like I expected him to be the cream of the crop top tier guy. Mm-hmm. So to find out that's not the case is also very funny to add in. I imagine that they have, like, they save their best for the Hashira so that they can get, like, these rush orders and stuff in. And, you know, just kind of depending on how high you go and how the quality is, like, there's people reserved for, you know, kind of that status. Um, but it is impressive, like, how secret everything is about them with their identities to where the village is. Like, no one knows anything because they want to keep it away from Muzan as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And that begs the question of how the demons are going to get this information. I'm really curious because like, also, how do you think you're going to get away with storming like the main one of the main demon slayer core bases? Like it's going to go wrong and I'm ready for it. Well, bringing up that question, like makes me think of the cliffhanger that we're left at left off at at the end of the episode. Like we did not spend much time with the mist Hashir at all. But the little sequence that we did get, he's there with that number one upper upper moon demon. And no, it's not the demon. No, it's not. Well, no, because he's not on the sun. The, de- the demon oh, doesn't the wear the earrings. Oh. This character was wearing the earrings, and Tanjiro was like, wait, I know those earrings. And then that was the big cliffhanger of like, oh, is this the dad? Oh, okay. I mis- I misinterpreted that sequence because I thought they were basically telling us that the Mist Hashira might be a double agent. I, I that's what I was thinking at first until I put the pieces together. Like Zuhair said, it's during the day, and the whole 
earring, no earring is how I'm going to be mm-hmm. attempting to identify unless unless the earrings are a protection thing that are is going to make them like be able to be in the day or something Ooh, like that. Okay. And it actually because I I don't know. I don't know if I like believing that they're not the same character because it mm-hmm. feels intentional in design to make these two the same character. Mm-hmm. What my friend said that I thought was interesting is that when we saw the number one demon, he went, oh, that's probably Tanjiro's like great great grandpa or something. Which would track because Akaza's been around for what two hundred years? I mean, they said the last meeting of the upper moons was hundred and thirteen years ago or something like that. Yeah. So, they so that yeah. could make sense that, that one of them is a demon and now the descendants kind of have like a family line of like being the only ones that are capable of holding him back as sun breathers. See, my my only gripe with that, and it's a personal thing, is that's the exact same story that we're getting with Muzan and the head of the Demon Slayer Corps is that they are a family. One's a demon, sure. one's a demon slayer. Like for them to do that twice feels a little odd. Hmm. Because I had the same thought and I was like, nah, they they won't do it again, will they? Hmm. Yeah, because the leader of the Demon Slayer, like he was just cursed. Like his family's cursed by Muzan. No, I thought he said it was his. He even said, "Like that's the one blemish on my family is Muzan." Right. I thought it was referring to the curse that they put on him, like they weren't able to beat him, type of thing. Not oh, because they were related to him. That's I how th- I took it. I thought it was like his brother or something like that. Mm-mm. Like this is a generational thing. Like he's the. Like 190th or like 97th 90s, leader. 97th, I think is correct. Yeah. Clan leader. Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is like his clan has been fighting moves on for the longest time. And none of the family members lived that long because they have this curse to where their bodies start deteriorating and die like in their twenties or thirties. Cause he's young. I don't even think he's 30 yet. Yeah. I, I think it might be both. I think you're both right. I think it is a generational thing as well as Muzan being a part of this family at one point in time because of the way he says it. The like, I'll finally be able to remove the blight on whatever his last name is, clan. Like that felt very intentional Ubuyashi. to me that he was of that clan. Ubiishi. Ubuyashiki. Ubuyashiki. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I did. I'm, this is kind of like, you know, breaking away from what we're talking about a little bit, but we were talking about the Swordsmith Village being so well hidden. Uh, I, again, with this show balancing the, the tone so well, when Tanjiro was telling every single one, like, have a safe journey back. And the one guy's just like, what a good kid. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> like falling in love with him. Like his story's <laughs> so wonderful. Like he's just a fan of the anime now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so no, there there was the a lot of leader of the Demon Slayer course since he was four. Wow. <laughs> Kage <laughs> first met Amane when he was thirteen and she was seventeen. She was specifically selected by the priest to become Kage's wife in order to care for his medical needs, but he only agreed to the marriage on the condition that she cared for him of her own free will. Oh. Fascinating. Mm. It is fascinating. I'm always scared something's going to spoil me, but I just I miss the days of just being able to read up on stuff like that. Yeah, you do. You do a lot of reading for someone so scared of spoilers, but you, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, curse myself. I've, I've held quite a big spoiler from one of our other shows for quite some time now. 
oh yeah there's plenty of things hiding but you know i cursed myself and i said i only had one gripe i do have another gripe that i'm gonna bring up now i i I pigeonholed myself um the one thing that i wanted to see that i'm surprised and upset we didn't get to see was just a little tengen closure just give Mm. me like him in a diamond studded eye patch being like Hey, Tanjiro, thanks for saving my life. You done good, kid. Like, just a little, like, not leaving while he's literally passed out on the ground with his friends and being like, later, I'm hanging out with my wives now. I I was expecting just a little something when he woke up that, you know, Tengen was going to be there and be like, Rinkoku would be proud or the muscle mice would deliver a message and make me (laughs) even happier. So my slogan was ready to go this week. But he's going to make up for that gripe by coming back in the flashiest way. And he may, I was, that was like the one thing going into this episode that I'm like, oh, we're totally going to see that. And I did. then we didn't see it. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. I did love the bit of, um, when the medical corps arrived and they were attending with it's like, do you need help? It's like, oh, I'm good. And he's just like complaining on like every step that he takes. Mm-hmm. God, this hurts. I'm going to die. I can't feel my life. It's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just like, like oh, he's so he's cool. He's such a savage for so long. And as he's getting dragged off, he's just like, kill me. It was good. I got the, the character pack for the Demon Slayer game. So I was playing as Uzui. Uh, nice the other day it was really cool yeah well speaking of characters and packs i guess i wouldn't even really call it a gripe it's kind of maybe like a fear just the fact that we've got our our core group kind of split again i don't i'm sure it's only a matter of time before they factor back into the story arc but if we go a significant amount of time without zenitsu or inosuke i'm gonna be slightly disappointed because they're just such great characters i will i will miss them but obviously there's a lot of setup that has to happen here with all the demons we've been introduced to and uh the secrets of the swordsmith village so i understand if you have to take a break yeah the hashira as well yeah uh and it it seems like a potential another love interest for tanjiro it seems like he was you know destined to be with kanai uh i believe that's her name oh that interaction was so cute yeah but yeah the fact that uh, the love Hashira is a Hashira for the sake of finding a man and just like find the secret weapon so you'll become more powerful because that'll do it for me. <laughs> and and you know that secret weapon is yep. love. He's out here looking for a sword buried <laughs> in the forest and she's talking about love. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's what the Mist Hashira is looking for. Is love? He asked <laughs> no, for a secret he asked, weapon. Oh, he the secret key, weapon. Right? He did ask for a key. Yeah. And I did note, I also kind of took note that it looked like, again, Tanjiro's dad was wearing like samurai armor almost. And I was Hmm. very intrigued because we haven't seen any of the Slayers like have any sort of armor. So I'm wondering if it was possibly a key to something like the armory. And it's like, oh, that's what he wants the key to. That that was kind of where my brain was going is like he is looking for the weapon. And this person has something, whether or not it's the love weapon, it's something unique to them. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fan theorying going on, but I will say that was something that was spoiled for me and I'm okay with is that uh, Zenitsu and um, Inosuke were going to be out of the picture for at the very least the start of this arc. Someone was like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, by the way, that's happening. I was like, okay, that's good to know because I would have been real sad to watch him run off and not know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could mm-hmm. see them 
making this a two arc season, like how Mugen Train and um, Entertainment District was supposed to be, or was. Yeah, I could see that. That is going to be a pretty good note, I feel like, to wrap on is do we know how long this season's going to be? I have no idea. I guess because it's not coming out yet, we probably don't have that much information because it's uh, at least another month. And that's probably another point we should talk about is uh, what date can we expect to be returning to the world of Demon Slayer? April. That's all I got. April. <laughs> I asked the question into the void like we were very prepared for this episode and I'm asking questions that we weren't prepared for. But if you were about to pull that out, I was absolutely you know, amazed that that was going to happen. Yeah, I think that releases the first week of April, and all the the blogs seem to be saying that it's supposed to be about 10 to 12 episodes. Okay. That's about... Uh, yeah, I was about to say, that's about oh, the April same, 9th. but they, they've been very inconsistent. April 9th, I awesome. Almost said um, April 9th. Damn. Should have gone with the guy. Type. I'll give you credit. You saw it first, but I was talking. <laughs> well, that was when we were trying to fill dead air. It was just like, uh, <laughs> quick, Zuhair, I could see you frantically typing. Let me just make more jokes. This <laughs> filling dead air makes me so in our recording software here, Zuhair has in the chat, we breathing. And that's just making me think of like how we have sun breathing, water breathing, when we're trying to fill dead air and look up information that is we breathing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you were talking about something, so I didn't want to cut you off, but like the way that you described something, I was like, ah, we breathing. <laughs> you, just, like, you made a pun about something breathing related. In, in my head, that was just the breath in everyone took when we saw the love Hashira in the pond was just <gasps> we breathing. <laughs> I will... Breathing intensifies. I will save my inappropriate jokes for the next time in a theater with weebs. <laughs> okay. Oh, jeez. All right. All right like, well, what, uh, two more movies coming out this year? Uh, yes. Sure. Yeah. I just well, remembered that I was going to be in theaters for a few times for anime movies, but Black Clover is Netflix only, so I can't remember where, what else it is except for my 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 newfound addiction to Suzume. Hmm. Yeah. That's all I, I got on this one, fellas. Anybody got any closing thoughts here? Final take is that I enjoyed the experience. I could have done better with the cutting. And as a I I enjoyed it because I'm a fan of theaters more than I needed to see this specifically in theaters. Had I watched it for the first time as an hour special on TV when it came out with everybody else, I think I would have been fine with that. Yeah, I, I think it was a great time. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is if for some reason you listen to this and you haven't seen it in the theater, um, go if you want to enjoy it, but it's nothing groundbreaking like Mugen Train was. It's just another episode that you get to enjoy with theater quality sound and everything else along those lines. Yeah. If you dig Demon Slayer, it's worth the price of admission. So yeah all right well once again if you have feedback on this theatrical release uh send that to animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com send us a written email or send in your thoughts via voice recording and we will be happy to play it on our next episode so thanks for tuning in that's t-o-o-n-i-n and as always stay whelmed and until april 9th muscle muscle 
Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.